I don't care who's first or who last, but I know that y'all just better rock this at the drop of a dime, baby. This is a Joe Run Welcome to the Football Cypher here on Football Game Plan Podcast Network. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and you can follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. I'm joined, as always, with my fellow analysts, Chris James, Gene Clemens, Teron Davenport, and Brandon Howard. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9, Gene at Gene Clemens, Teron at TDavenport underscore NFL, and Brandon at BHoward underscore 81. Make sure to subscribe to the football game plan podcast on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And that's where you can find all of our many different shows. You can also find them archived on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And finally, don't forget to check out and subscribe to the football game plan network on YouTube located at youtube.com slash football game plan. If you're not familiar to what a rap cipher is, it's a crowd that forms in freestyle raps as they pass the mic around. Well, it's the same thing here except there won't be any rapping going on. We'll just pass the mic around and keep the football takes flowing. And we're going to kick off our NFL team previews in the cypher. And in this episode, we'll be taking a look at the New Orleans Saints and some of our biggest questions heading into the 2017 season. Brandon, why don't you go ahead and kick this one off? All right, for this one, what I want to really know is uh, was Sean Payton. You know, uh, he, he has a propensity to, to play the game or call the game a certain way. Uh, is he going to run the football this year? You know, great question. And people point to success for the Saints uh, coinciding with them being more balanced or at least running the football to a certain clip. Uh, you look back to 2006, they ran the ball pretty well. Uh, 2009, the Super Bowl year, they ran it exceptionally well. I think they were sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. 2011 again. Part of what happens with Sean Payton is he – romanticizes the, the 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 play designs that he has. So he wants to see those passing plays happen because he just feels that his play designs are so exceptional. And I don't think he really engages as much with the run plays. He finds them to be basic. Will he run the ball more? Will they run the ball? I think they have to because Adrian Peterson's not going to let him get away with not giving him a certain amount of carries, meaning at least 10 to 15 a game, and this be a comfortable situation. He feels like he was signed for a reason. You're going to have to feed the other guys. So I think they get back to more balance, which for the Saints is more of a 58 to 42 thing. Uh, so they will run the ball more in 2017 than they did in 2016, in my opinion. I think they're going to run the football in the first game. And then in the second game, once Adrian Peterson or Mark Ingram gets stopped for a one-yard game, it's going to be 70-30 pass to run. Sean Payton going to abandon the run once again this year. We've seen it. Time and time again, doesn't matter who he has in the backfield. I want to say it was 2015. They had a backfield with Mark Ingram, C.J. Spiller, and Kendall Hunter. And Sean Payton still threw the football more often than not. They made C.J. Spiller become a wide receiver, essentially, as opposed to a running back. So I don't care if it's Adrian Peterson. I don't care if it's Herschel Walker, Marcus Dupree at Oklahoma. I don't care if it's <laughs> – it doesn't matter. This dude will not run the football. So – I will still say wait and see. And, again, Chris pointed out when they ran the ball 
They were top six in the league in rushing. They went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl with Pierre Thomas and Reggie Bush running the rock. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, and Mike Bell. So if they run the ball, then they can have success. Right now they're running play-action passes, and who's falling for the fake if you're not running the ball? So Sean Payton will have to run the ball this year if they want to have a chance. It'd be really difficult to be Mark Ingram um, being attached to the Saints for so long and having people question your ability to run when, in essence, every time you get an opportunity to run consistently, you have some pretty darn good success. Do I think Sean Payton's going to run the ball? Yes. Do I think he's ever going to be a 50-50, 55-45 kind of guy? No. I think he is who he is. Um, he's gotten to this level from a, a certain amount of hubris, and I think he'll he'll lean on what he believes is his superior um, game planning and play calling um, with the pass game to get over. And there'll be games where they run a lot, and then there'll be games where they barely run at all, and they'll most likely lose those games where they barely run at all. And that's just who he is, and for us to all of a sudden think he's going to change his spots now um, might be a little bit on the – um, the, the definition of insanity. Well, look, I think Sean Payton is reaching back on his glory days, you know, with the Rough Riders, with the Bears, as a quarterback. And it's almost like everything he couldn't do, he's doing through Drew Brees. And for that reason, I don't see him running the football, even though you got three, uh, a couple horses there and AP and, and Mark Ingram. And then you got younger guys in Lasco, as well as the guy they drafted, Kamara, who obviously is not the best running back. He isn't the best of the rookie class, but nevertheless, they used a higher draft pick on him. That being said, I still don't see them running the football. I think they're going to pass it. And Drew Brees is the guy that, they just, I mean, they throw the ball 35 to 40 times a game with them, and that's just that's in their DNA, and it's not gonna not gonna change at all. Yeah, TD, and you bring up a good point with uh with Lasco. Um, I like him better than a lot of people like Kamara. You know, uh, I think he's more of a pure runner, and he's a better athlete overall, and he's got outstanding feet. Very underrated uh, footwork. But uh, as far as Sean Payton is concerned, um, you know, it's hard to ask a leopard to change his spots. You know, uh, he, he is who he is. This is a guy who had Reggie Bush on his football team and, and refused to give him the football just as a running back, just would not give him the football. And when Reggie Bush finally got carries, what did he do in the playoff game against the Cardinals? He touched it like seven times and rushed for almost 100 yards. I mean, it, I, I don't understand the way this guy thinks. Um, but uh, like Chris said, you know, you've got Adrian Peterson now. I don't think that he'll allow them to be comfortable doing that, and he will make some noise in that locker room if he's not getting the, the touches he feels he deserves. Um, at this point in his career, he's worked too hard, and he deserves you know, the, the, uh, at least you know, 10 to 15 in a game. You've got to get Ingram involved as well, and hopefully they get Lasko involved. So, um, you know, but I, just, I think Sean Payton has shown you who he is. As soon as a run doesn't work, he panics, and he starts throwing the ball all over the lot. So um, that's Sean Payton in a nutshell. And I think if the Saints ever want to have a solid ground game, you got to get Sean Payton up out the paint. I'll just say this quickly before, before you jump in, Chris. Uh, the Saints tweeted out, I want to say maybe two days ago, a, a little clip from practice. And guess what it was? Adrian Peterson running a damn fade. 
So again, he's <laughs> not running the ball this year. That's terrible, <laughs> man. That is that is frustrating. I was actually gonna say Brandon brought up a great point. January 2010, Reggie Bush stole some poor linebacker's soul for the Arizona Cardinals yeah, with that did. move. That yeah. was Calais Campbell. He broke off in, in, in the head of that diving out of ghosts. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things with the run game, 2006, 2009, 2011 all had something in common that it's not that Sean Payton ran the ball more. It's that he was given the opportunity to have to run it because they had leads in games because the defense played mediocre football. So that leads into my question. With the additions the Saints have made over the last two seasons, can they play top 20 defense in 2017? I think they can. I think they have the pieces there. I do like some of the draft picks they made this year. I thought they did a solid job with you know Marcus Williams, Marcus Lattimore, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Hendrickson from Florida Atlantic, and Al Caden Muhammad. I think it's going to be outstanding. Last year they picked up David Onyemeta from Manitoba and, and Tyler Davidson. They have Sheldon Rankins that's going to be healthy. So they got pieces along with Stephon Anthony and Cameron Jordan. So they got enough to where they can be successful. Von Bell and, and uh, Kenny Vaccaro. The problem, I believe, is Dennis Allen doesn't have an aggressive bone in his body. And so if you're not aggressive in your play calling, then you're not going to be – you're not going to have that output. You have guys that's going to be patient, sitting and waiting and playing reactionary uh, defense instead of dictating the terms. And that was the difference you saw with Greg Williams when he was a D.C. and even Rob Ryan. And although Rob Ryan didn't have the personnel that they have now – he was still aggressive enough to go out there and try to make stuff happen. I think that's the difference. Dennis Allen has to be aggressive in his play calling and allow those guys to make plays. And when you dictate, teams will then be forced to make quicker decisions and you can rally up, make the tackle, and get off the field. So I do think they have the pieces there, but I think it's up to uh, Dennis Allen. Well, I think it's actually that mentality of bend but don't break um, that they're going to employ this year. And – while I don't necessarily subscribe to that mentality, maybe it's a better thing. Um, I think that you might get a little bit more uh, more balance out of this offense defense because a lot of times with that attacking style defense is all or nothing, and sometimes you get you know you're you're so aggressive that you get hit over the top and you give up an easy touchdown, whereas you might you know, bend but don't break and allow them to settle for a field goal. Um, and, and any def- obviously any defenses will tell you they'll take threes over, over sixes any day. So for me, I think that that's an opportunity to improve this defense and maybe be able to kind of cover up some of the holes, you know, that, that, that reared its ugly head last year and allowed them to be one of the, one of the, the least successful defenses in the NFL. Yeah, for me, I think it, it comes down to the secondary, specifically cornerback. But I think they're sound up front. Emery, you mentioned all your mind, and, you know, I smile when you mention him because I only think about when you called him the uh, Leroy Glover part too, you know. So <laughs> that's a funny thing. And then I, I like the addition of Hendrickson also. So that's a, a high-motor defensive end they brought in. But, you know, looking at the secondary, I just wonder if uh, Marshawn Lattimore can stay healthy, and I think it's going to come down to that. And Devontae Harris, he, he played really well in the slot for them. So I want to see how he could do as well. I, I think they could become a, a, a top a top 20 defense. I mean, I think they're at a point where they're right there as far as being average and not, you know, below average. So I could see them them doing that. 
I, I agree with you, Toronto. I, I think this is easily a, a top 20 defense. Uh, it, there's just too much talent, especially now in the secondary. Um, you know, I think uh, with Marshawn Lattimore, uh, the, the kid has tremendous talent, ball skills, um, outstanding athlete. There's no reason in the world. I like Sheldon Rankin. Um, it, they've got a lot of talent um, right now that I, I think, especially young talent. Um, and I like what Kenny Vaccaro um, ha has become. I, I think that he's, he's a guy that can rally to the football and, and plug up any holes or, or make, you know, the defense right when there, there are mistakes made, especially in the run game and whenever things are, you know, whenever linebackers get out leveraged. So I, I really like this defense. I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad as what people think. And, and I think top 20 is more than achievable. See, the thing with the Saints, and part of the reason I asked the question is, they've actually been part of the detriment. The offense has been part of the detriment and the scheme to the defense, along with some of a lack of talent over the last several years. But the Saints give up an average of one and a half more possessions to the opposing team compared to the NFL average because they have a lot of, they throw a lot of passes. What that does is it doesn't wear the clock out so your defense is on the field for two more possessions per game. That's going to accumulate yards no matter what. So I think that they can be top 20 if two things happen. One's not going to happen. Emory went over it. Dennis Allen believes in a basic high school defense. He refuses to bring pressure. And he's just going to hope that those guys up front can, can make their own pressure with their talent. But the other portion is Sean Payton has to run the ball. They have to employ the Dallas Cowboys method from last year where you run the ball, have six-minute long drives, cut down the amount of possessions so that your defense can flourish. Because from a talent perspective, this is one of the more talented defenses the Saints have had in the last decade, in my opinion, because they've started to load up and bring in guys who can play. They just literally do not have a scheme that is conducive to them being successful. So hopefully the offense isn't the detriment to the defense like it has been in the past, in my opinion. Oh, that was funny as hell, man. This dude said he believes in the high school defense. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, in your opinion, guys, did the Saints get better at wide receiver, or is it still a huge question mark? Now, keep in mind, they brought in uh, the dynamic playmaker, Tay again. So, <laughs> Tay again has proven that he can be very dynamic when playing with Cam Newton. But everywhere else that he's played – He's been essentially dumpster trash. So I don't know if he's necessarily helping. I know it definitely doesn't help when you get rid of, in, in my opinion, um, uh, you know, one of the best weapons you could have, um, you know, in, in Brandon Cooks and you lose him to the Patriots. I don't see how your wide receiving core um, got any better. I think that you have to believe in Drew Brees. In the passing game, you have to believe in Sean Payton in the passing game. And so from that perspective, I think they'll be successful. But I don't think that this is, you know, a done deal. And I don't, I definitely don't believe that their wide receiving core is better this year than it was last year. Yeah, Gene, I definitely agree. And I think it all starts with the loss of Brandon Cooks. And you guys know that I've always been high on Brandon Cooks. And when you take him out of that offense, I mean, you look at the way that they were able to use him outside which is something that as a guy who's smaller it is is a bit of an anomaly but he was able to succeed out there uh, whether it be you know catching deep passes running the, the comebacks the curls and, and showing his catch radius despite being a smaller 
receiver. I, I think losing him takes a lot of explosiveness away from that offense, in addition to how they would use him on the jet sweeps and the end of rounds. He gave them a lot of offense, and just taking him out is just it's, – it's not going to help. And I understand Michael Thomas, he had a, a, a solid year last year, but I, I don't see him – you know, being able to do the things that they were able to do with Brandon Cooks because you just have a different degree of, uh, uh, for lack of better terms, of explosiveness, you know, and athleticism. I don't see that same thing that he brings. And Willie Sneed has been consistent, but, I mean, I, I don't see how they could have improved because it, it, there's no way they, they got better by losing Brandon Cooks, and they sure enough haven't added anybody. Yeah, I mean – you mentioned uh, Willie Sneed. I mean, when I was at uh, Brown's camp, uh, Sneed was there. And basically it was he and Taylor Gabriel battling out for that last wide receiver spot. Uh, Taylor Gabriel won that battle. But I recall thinking to myself, this dude is another Lance Moore coming out of the Mac. And sure enough, I think Sean Payton saw it that way. And that's why he's there. So he's a savvy guy, can settle down in his zones, knows what he's looking at. Um, you know, it's got all the option stuff down. So I really like Snead and, and his ability to help Drew Brees keep the chains moving uh, in conjunction with working off of Michael Thomas. Uh, I, I like Michael Thomas for what he is. You know, you can throw it up in his area and he, he can come down with the 50-50 balls. He's not much for a separation. You know, um, I just think he's an okay wide receiver. You know, I don't think he's anything spectacular. But you can't just – Take away Brandon Cooks and replace him with another fast guy. Brandon Cooks is way more than that. He's much more than that. Um, you know, when he lines up on the outside, you know, he can get you with, the, with any type of release. You know, he can create that separation instantly. Um, and whether it's contested or whether it's not contested, Brandon Cooks could still come down with that football despite being 5'10". You know, so um, – and, and Ted Ginn's never been that guy. He's just a fast guy. And I think that um, there's no way in the world that your wide receiver course is better with Brandon Cooks being out of that lineup now. I mean, you've got two fast guys and Corey Fuller, Ted Ginn. I don't think that they, the two of them combined can't replace what you had in Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to answer the question simply before I go into my soliloquy. Hell no, they didn't get better. They lost Brandon Cooks. Period. You can't get better losing one of the top 10 or 10 to 15 or whatever you want to say. Wide receiver talents in the NFL is just not it's not a sensical comment. What I will say is they didn't get any worse for the wear because I think they're constructed for what Sean Payton wants to do. Sean Payton believes that his his schemes and the way that his plays are designed can get anyone open except for Kobe Fleener. <laughs> so. He has exactly what he wants. He has a big body receiver, Michael Thomas, who reminds him probably of Marcus Colson in some respects. They don't play, they don't have the same physical skill set, just probably reminds me of that guy. You have, as Brandon said, Willie Sneed is their Lance Moore, except I think he has a little more quickness to his game. You have the fast guy who can't catch. They've always had that. Robert Meacham, they've had Devery Henderson. So not to again comes in and he does that. You know, you got a guy like Fuller who can also be a replacement player. And then you have a guy who I think will come on this year and be very helpful, especially on third down. And that's Brandon Coleman. I think that he actually takes a step up and forward and he becomes the real natural number three receiver on this roster. And Ted Ginn is going to be more of a fill guy in some respects. He'll be the starter by name, but I think Coleman will be the guy in there 
on the big downs when they need an actual catch because the, everyone who's watched Ted Ging knows he can only catch deep Hail Marys when he shouldn't, but he cannot catch a slant in route or anything breaking towards uh, the, the interior uh, to save his life. That's mind-boggling. <laughs> no mind clue why. He must have a vision yeah. problem. I'm not even joking. Yeah. L- listen, I think it's time to have a tough conversation with Saints fans because I, I think they they have hit hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, you know, Instagram. What about the Saints? We, you know, what about the receiving core? We got this. We got that. I'm like, listen, it's time to have that tough conversation. The Saints drafted an offensive tackle in the first round. All right. <laughs> so, in place of the offensive tackle, they could have had Zay Jones, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, Taewon Taylor, Carlos Henderson. Chad Williams, Amara Darbo, D.D. Westbrook, Josh Reynolds, Josh Malone, Ryan Switzer, uh, Chad Hansen, Sheldon Gibson, Trent Taylor, you know, Isaiah Ford. And, and, and instead, they took an offensive tackle. And right now, the Saints – oh, they, they, they took the offensive tackle, then they bring in Tay again. So the Saints right now have Michael Thomas, who's okay, who's like a, a more athletic version of Willie Jackson. So they have him. And the rest of the team is basic. They got a, a wide receiving core full of 69 overalls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's ugly out there right now if you're, if you're a Saints fan looking at this receiving core. They have a team full of no separation. And Tay again won't get separation because he can't Andrew. catch. You know, so that's the other part of it. He can't catch. The tight ends are okay. Fleener drops every, every other pass. Um, so I just don't. They probably will have to run by default because um, words coming out of camp is that Willie Sneed is falling behind to Tay again. And that's not what you want to hear uh, if you just traded away Brandon Cooks and then try to replace him with Tay again and didn't take the opportunity to draft a wide receiver when they were a, a bevy of good, talented wide receivers right there with the second pick in the first round or even in the third round when you decide to take a running back that you know you're not going to use. So, I just don't understand how they are going to, you know, have success in the passing game uh, with this receiving core. Well, I think, I mean, to be fair, to be fair to the to New Orleans and what they've been able to do, um, I mean, they've had receivers who weren't household names before they got to New Orleans, and then all of a sudden, you know, people knew who they were because you have a, a very competent, you know, um, quarterback who who knows how to get the ball to wide receivers, and so I mean nobody was singing the Willie Sneed you know um, praises before he got to New Orleans and he's turned himself into a nice little um, you know wide receiver. Let's not even get started on Marcus Colston. I'm personally still don't understand how Marcus Colston did what Marcus Colston did in 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 the NFL. I don't think he was ever that great. Same. But somehow somehow he was able to you know, carve out a career that he has some really impressive numbers. I think that goes back to, you know, what they were able to do as a as a coach, offensive play caller, and and quarterback um in, in place. And so when I when I say that, can this can this New Orleans Saints offense carry them to a Super Bowl? Because we know it's not going to be the defense. We know it's not going to be because of the defense for all the reasons we've outlined about um um, Allen and, and what he does, but can this offense carry them to a Super Bowl? 
That's it, man. That's 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 my statement on that one. Um. I'm right with you, TD. Um, there's there's totally not enough firepower on that offense uh, in, in order for them to to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, the, the defense is decent, but, um, you know, you're in a shootout every week. They tried this last year, and their offense was better, in my opinion. So how are you going to do it this year? It just doesn't – there's no way. Look, <laughs> I, I'm a Saints fan, so I try to be as optimistic about the team as feasibly possible. This will still be a really good offense, but carry them to a, a championship? Look, they need to carry themselves to a winning record first. They've been 7-9 and nine forever, period. They've literally been 7-9 and nine three straight seasons. They're on that Jeff Fisher plan. They need to worry about getting a winning record in New Orleans before they worry about any sort of championship aspirations. I mean, you look at this offense, I don't – if they run the ball, I think their offensive line quietly will be really good. I like some of the additions they made outside of Ryan Ramzik. But I do think they have a really good offensive line, and they have the depth in the backfield. Again, quietly, they have a really good fullback in John Kuhn. They have a guy in Darius Victor that I talked up that's doing great things in camp right now out of Towson. And so they have the depth in the backfield. You know, they have the pretty guy that Drew Brees doesn't get hurt because the depth behind him is trash. And But if they can run the ball, play complementary football, I think they may have a chance to get into the playoffs and – and like Gene said, they have had success with receivers that weren't household names. So we'll see. But it, it will have to come from balance, I think, not from the high-flying passing attack that we've grown to see uh, from Sean Payton. I'm sorry to jump in, but did, it, did we realize that somehow Marcus Colson is 241 yards short of 10,000 career receiving yards? That just makes zero sense to me. <laughs> and quietly, did we realize the same sign Manti Teo? Quietly. Yeah, he's their number nine linebacker. Um, I believe they should keep that tail signing quiet. I don't think there's any reason to tell anybody about that. Um, because you know, I mean, he should he should do a little native cuckoo. He should just say he's there and not actually be there. Um, because that's how that's how good he is. Um, I actually look at this offense, and while I I agree with you guys, I think that they've done some questionable things in the offense. I have to. Man, it's just hard to go against these dudes. And 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 trust me, I, I tell you this with no – this is no shade on Marcus Colston um, and what he was able to accomplish. I think it's phenomenal. I just don't understand it. And and there's got to be someone else. If Marcus Colston can do it, then why not Thomas? You know, I mean, those are the things that I ask myself. Is can't I mean, I don't believe that Sean Payton – is going to trust the running game as much as he should. But what if he does? If he does, uh, this becomes a dynamic, you know, run game, play action pass, and then when they need to open it up, four and five receivers, they can. I just look at the opportunity, and I know the way that the NFC is constructed. The NFC is constructed to where anybody can lose at any time. I can't say the same for the AFC, but the NFC is wide open, and it's wide open almost every year. So if... New Orleans can have a couple breaks fall their way, and if Ted Ginn can catch more balls than he drops, questionable. I think you have an opportunity to be successful, and, and if you catch the right streak, I could see New Orleans in a Super Bowl losing to um, New England. Well, I mean, Gene, you said that one of the ways for them to win is going to be to run the football. And, Emery, you mentioned John Kuhn. I got to give a shout-out to the 
Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, you know what I'm saying, representing there. But uh, how do you think the, the John uh, Sean Payton is going to distribute the carries among the running backs there on, on the roster currently? You know what? I, I really think that you, you've got to get – I know you've got Peterson, uh, but Ingram is a guy that can just – Turn out yardage and his consistency in his runs. I mean, and he can keep you ahead of the sticks if you just give the man the football. So I think you've got to get him involved, despite the fact you've got Adrian Peterson. So I'd give Peterson about a good 10 to 15, but you've also got to get Ingram involved as well there and distribute those a little bit even. I mean, I, I see, you know, maybe when you get into playoffs, maybe give Peterson the greater share of those, maybe ride the hot hand at that point. But um, I, I think you got to give both of those guys an opportunity to get going. Uh, you know, Peterson's kind of – I know he's a freak of nature, but he's kind of in the back end – not kind of. He is on the back end of his career at this point. Keep him fresh. I know you want to get him started, you know, early in the game so he can kind of get a rhythm. But the way you protect him is keep him fresh. Get Ingram involved as well. And then also uh, try to get Lasko involved. I mean, I, I already know what they're trying to do with Kamara. They want to get him they, – they want to put him on a Reggie Bush plan, even though he's not Reggie Bush. He never will be. He's not even close. But they want to put him on the Reggie Bush plan. So factor him out of the backfield. That's not the way they're going to use that man. So you've got to get Ingram. Got to get – you know, you, you've got to get, obviously, Peterson his fair share. He'll probably get the greater share. But then I would also like to see Lasko get involved as well. So I'm going to answer two ways. How should they distribute the, the carries? Both Ingram and Peterson should be getting somewhere around 13 to 15 carries each game with a five-carry floater, whether it's Kuhn on a couple of sneaks, you put in whoever the third-string running back is on a, a obvious pass play, Kamara, and he gets one carry, and then whoever's churning gets the extra three carries. Uh, let's say it's Ingram, he gets 18 in the game. And then Drew Brees should throw no more than 30 passes in a game for a winning formula. But what's going to happen? Adrian Peterson's going to get 11 carries. Mark Ingram's going to get eight. Drew Brees is going to somehow get three. And then the rest of the team's going to get two. And Drew Brees is going to throw 48 passes a game. That's how I feel, too. I, I mean, ideally, Peyton could have his cake and eat it, too, with Brees throwing. I like that number. Chris gave 30 passes a game. Ingram could get 20 because he's a younger back. Peterson can get 15. And you can float those five carries around to Lasko. Uh, Kamara, Victor, I have going over Cadet. I, I'm tired of seeing number 38 on the roster. Um, and Kamara is going to be utilized as like their slot receiver almost. It's going to be like their wild card player, their uh, predictable play player. They always have one of those on the roster. When Kamara comes in the game, okay, it's going to be a jet sweep. It's going to be some type of bubble screen, and the defense is going to stop it for, for a negative one yard. Like not a gain, not no gain. Negative one yard is going to be that obvious of what's about to happen. So I do think they have to, they can split both passing and running, but I think you have to give a combination of 35 carries between Ingram and Peterson. Kamara's a gadget guy. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm not even going to try to guess what Sean Payton's going to do. I'm going to tell you what I would do. And I agree with Emory. I agree with, um, CJ, I think that um, you've got to give every single rushing touch. Well, excuse me. They didn't say this, but I agree that they should get the lion's share. I think that you should get 
every single rushing touch to either Adrian Peterson or to Ingram, and it should not equal anything less than 30 to 35 carries a game. I personally think that if you give those guys 30 to 35 carries a game, guaranteed carries, not fucking, excuse me, not bloops out of the backfield or whatever, but, you know, carries where they're, where they're attacking the defense, I believe that the Saints' offense will be almost impossible to stop. And, and that's because if you give those two guys that many carries, they're going to make you pay. They've proved it over their career, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to stop now, um, mostly because they're both really good at their jobs. And I do believe, like Emory said, that offensive line is much improved, and that's going to be a bit difference in what um, Adrian Peterson had to deal with last year um, in Minnesota, where by the end they were just running behind a bunch of dudes they just got off the street. Yeah, for me, I, I think you, you have to give both Ingram and AP as many carries as possible because they're almost the same type of back in that they, they need the ball in their hands. They need to be able to, to get into that rhythm. And they're the type of back that will wear you down, and then later in the game you start to see those bigger runs being broken off. So that's why I would give them the ball the bulk of the, the time. But as we've highlighted throughout this podcast, Sean Payton isn't really the guy to, to feed one back, let alone two. So it's going to be interesting seeing how that pans out. That being said, I don't really think that either AP or Mark Ingram are going to get enough carries to actually be effective. What do you guys have the Saints – finishing this year in the NFC South, starting with you, Brandon? You know what? Uh, I have the, the Saints finishing third. Um, you know, I I don't really like what's going on with the offense. And because the way they play and Sean Payton wants to throw the ball so often, it, it, it's not that the defense isn't talented. You know, it reduces your ability to play complementary football. So, um, you know, I, I, that's my issue with the Saints. Um, you know, I, I see them. I see them finishing, finishing third here. You know, the result generally says the Saints going to finish seven and nine again. Three straight seasons of that. Uh, I don't think that'll be the result in this year. I actually have them finishing tied for second with another team that we'll discuss on another, another podcast. I actually have them. You know, after me saying that, hey, they may be able to ride that offense to the Super Bowl. I've got them finishing third. I think that they don't. Um, that they come in behind behind the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Um, and not necessarily in that order, but I think they'll be third in, in the division this year. You know, I, you guys in my book are being too nice. I have them finishing dead last in this division. I, I, I'm i just not confident in, in them as a team, and, and I think out of the four teams, they are the bottom feeder of the group. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this season. So that's it for this episode of the Football Cypher. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. So for Chris, Gene, Brandon, and Teron, I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this has been the Football Cypher on the Football Game Plan Podcast Network.